Hello, and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life, mixed with levity and joy. Heather? Yes, Rose? We have a special guest here in the walk-in closet tonight. We do. We have another person in the closet. We have Melanie Cox. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. So, Melanie, why don't you share about who you are? Heather and I know who you are. We love you. Why don't you share about who you are with our audience? Sure, sure. So, I am Melanie Cox. I grew up in the... uh, part of Kentucky where we're at and then I work in medical billing I'm single and I'm a member at Ninth and O Baptist Church that gets talked about quite a bit in this podcast every podcast (laughs) we put it in NALBC.org check out the show notes yes (laughs) and I find myself unexpectedly the head of of my mother's household at this point she's more than capable to function without me but I do serve as head decision maker in that context Mm -hmm. unexpectedly at this point in my life so that's an interesting twist Mm. nice well we are glad to have you today because you're going to contribute to our topic so heather why don't you talk about our topic today so today we are continuing our periodic, not regularly scheduled, random <laughs> podcast series on the characteristics of a healthy church. And Dr. Cook, when we interviewed him back in November of last year, he mentioned some characteristics of what makes a healthy church. So I don't remember when we did the first one, but it was a couple months ago, we talked about truth. And so now we are talking about community. And we picked Melanie for this topic because... You just seem to do very well at connecting with people, and you're not afraid to mm-hmm. jump in and help people get connected, and not just yourself, but others as well. And plus, you're just really fun to talk to, <laughs> and I think our audience will enjoy getting to know you a little bit. And so our one single thought today, talking about community, talking about what it means to be in a body of Christ, and a body of believers and really being a part of a community and giving into a community. Our one single thought today is very simply put, no man is an island. No man (laughs) is an island. Okay, Rose, let's start off with what does the Bible say about community? Well, we like to start, let's start at the very beginning. (laughs) A very good place to start. Little Julie Andrews there. So we like to start in the beginning, which is in Genesis uh, chapter 2. God created a helper for Adam. So God looked at Adam and realized that it wasn't good for him to be alone. And quite honestly, God created Adam so that God would be able to have community with us. So from the very, very beginning of God's plan and God's design, his initial plan was for community. And we see that in in the very first chapters of his word. But I want to read a couple of verses and passages here that will talk a little bit more about community. The first one I'm going to read is Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47. And this is speaking about the early church. So the first church after Jesus was resurrected and the church was formed, this is how the church was described. Acts 2, 42-47 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. 
Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. When we read through that, it just seems like a very joy-filled group of people that were there for each other. They sold their possessions to help others who had need. I love the fact that they were in the temple every day. And they broke bread from house to house. I mean, food, house to house. I mean, how much better can you get? They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. So they were eating together, praising God together. And that's just a picture, I believe, of what church and what community looks like. The second passage I want to read is Galatians 6, verse 2. And that reads, Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So not only are we doing as a church all the things that we just read about in Acts, but one of the things that we do as a church community is we bear each other's burdens. And I think living, doing life together, being there for each other, and bearing one another's burdens are are really the kind of the two pillars we see when we talk about community. So Melanie, how would you define community? Let's think about, especially at our church in AOBC, how would you define community? Rose, looking at those passages, it lays it out pretty bluntly, uh, particularly the Galatians passage, because I think it's not just about a group of people who get together for kind of a country club community. Mm -hmm. Um, We come together at 9th and 0 with the intent of bearing burdens, celebrating joys, living life at its like bare bones essentials. And, And that's what it means to be in community in the church in the context of that. Community is such a buzzword right now in our Mm. culture overall. Everyone's, honestly, guys, like, if you want to see if we're made to be creatures of community, look at the sinners around us. Look at the unbelievers. Mm -hmm. They are looking for community. Mm -hmm. Um, And only, as we know, only true community comes from the Lord and knowing the Lord. And that looks like living together and forgiving each other Mm -hmm. and that's a that's the hard part right Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. me at least like it not bringing grudges to the table when we come together so at ninth and O, you know our our vision for community is to build relationships so relationships are key especially amongst peer groups we have young couples young families um senior adults who are connected with each other but then also that cross-generational connection has to happen as well and so we really work on helping people connect with each other across those generations so Mm -hmm. for example the women's bfg that rose and i are part of we have a lot of women in there from various walks of life but also various age groups we've got um, the youngest in there is like 18 or 19 years old and then we've got the oldest is in her 70s, I believe. So we've got people from all across the board. But, you know, we have also have those groups that are the same experience, the same age. And so we're working to help our, our church members connect spiritually through those formal settings like Bible study and through worship and that kind of thing. But then also just doing life together, kind of like Melody was talking, getting um, people together outside of the church setting. So, Melanie, you're... You're in a BFG as well, which we'll talk is Bible mm-hmm. fellowship yeah, groups. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so Heather's kind of explained what ours looks mm-hmm. like and kind of the dynamic. Why don't you explain sure. yours? Because yours, yeah. you're from a little bit of a different perspective, but just to give the audience an mm-hmm. idea. Yes. So I'm in the single adult BFG 
at Ninth and Owen. So we are not the college students mm-hmm. <laughs> that are, because are, um, there's a college BFG as well. So we do have that delineation at Ninth and O. And so our BFG is a co-ed BFG. Uh, we run anywhere from 20 years up to myself at around 38-ish. We have a few others that are a little older who are directors or leaders. Um, but it is a very collective group of, we have people who are doing their graduate programs. We have people in their careers. We have people in med school and dentist mm-hmm. school. And so we have a lot of students and also not students. And so we manage and deal with those differences inside of our community. But it's, I've been in that BFG for 13 years now mm-hmm. and seen a lot of come and go. But it has been good. I, I will, I intend to at some point talk a little bit about what that's looked like in my life. So Rose, how does our church foster community? So Heather, we talked a little bit, you and Melanie, sharing about BFGs or Bible Fellowship Groups. And I would say that's the number one way that we do it. Because those are the people that we meet with every Sunday morning. Those are people that we develop relationships with. We have our smaller groups within those Bible fellowship groups where we can, you know, develop even deeper relationships. And I know, I mean, Melanie could speak to this from the singles perspective and their BFG, but I know for us, Heather, you know, we we literally do life with our ladies. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have walked the health journey I did without my BFG because they have and continue to step in to be my drivers and help me with things I can't do. And that's just, that's how a Bible fellowship group functions at our church. Mm -hmm. And I think the same could be said for Melanie's BFG because I've seen them in action as well. From there, we also have another way that we... Uh, develop community and that's through discipleship groups or what we call d groups those are gender specific groups that meet uh, during a a big chunk of the year on wednesday evening and we go through some sort of discipleship book um, and reading and and it's a different way to grow together because the d groups are multi-generational they're also different people that you don't have necessarily in your Sunday morning BFG. So you get to know more people in the church. And there's some real deep community that's real is developed there. Melanie and mm-hmm. I are in the same discipleship group. And I miss those ladies right now. So. Me too. <laughs> Me too. We, we do. We miss our ladies oh, yeah. on Wednesday night. And we just have grown together. I mean, there have been tears shed, prayer requests that we've prayed through. It's just become a sweet time. And those discipleship groups stay together so that we can continue to form those bonds. Mm -hmm. And then we have maybe what I would call more of a a light version of community. Mm -hmm. Even though it's called Building Community (laughs) Nights, we call them BCNs. Our church loves acronyms. Acronyms, that's the word. (laughs) We got a lot of them. We got a lot of them. And so <laughs> BCNs, Building Community Nights, are specific night, Sunday nights during the year where we have Sunday night services. And then afterwards, we have some sort of refreshment like popcorn, ice cream, cookies. And then sometimes we'll have an activity like cornhole or ultimate frisbee or kickball to help form camaraderie. But those people who don't play, mm-hmm. we sit around, we talk, whatever. And so... That's another way where oftentimes community is formed. Now, those, I would say, are 
are the three structured ways for mm-hmm. us to build community. But I feel like you can build community in just about any way that you're involved in in our in a local church or in our local church. So, Melanie, what are some ways you developed community through our church? In the context of our BFG, so we function, every BFG in our church functions a little differently from the others, mm-hmm. even when they are supposed to be following the same thing because that's what community is. Mm-hmm. It's fit to the individuals. So for us in the singles BFG, we we do D groups in the home, in homes during this quote-unquote school calendar year. And then we also can do Wednesday nights if you choose. I opt into both of those small group settings because they are different. So for the last 13 years, since I joined 9th and O in the fall of 2010, I have been in a weekly small group meeting with women in my BFG. And that has changed and looked differently in different seasons. Right Mm -hmm. now, it's a time where I'm one of the the leaders in our women's small group. And so we facilitate that conversation. My co-leader, Laura, is able to host us in her home. And so we have the women come every week and we talk through the Bible. This semester was Genesis. And then we split into prayer groups and share open, honest prayer request, right? Because mm-hmm. you can sit in a room with 12 people and tell them every week, um, I'm good. <laughs> uh, but that's not how you build community. Yeah. It's it's about honest communication about what is hard, what is good, and what you're learning. Um, and that's been the biggest builder of community. But I think also, and I said this at a women's event on friendship, you have to make room for people yeah. in your life if you want community. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's no room in your life for people, then they won't fit and you won't make them the priority they deserve to be. And then also, I mean, like even tonight as we're recording, there's a group of people meeting up at a house, someone's house sitting at because they have a pool and it is 95 degrees here today. <laughs> and so they're just impromptuly having a pool party this evening because there's a pool available. <laughs> oh, nice. So it's things like that. Like yeah. you look around and you go, I have to eat. Who else has to eat right now? Uh-huh. And then even Sunday mornings after church, we make it a point of trying to go out to lunch as a group and continuing those conversations and opening the door at times for more conversation. Uh, it takes a bit of intentionality, but it is well worth it. Mm-hmm. Heather, how have you seen your BFG or small group create community for you? I, I tend to be more introverted but I'm also the teacher of our women's BFG of our class. So I've, I've had to learn how, for one, to be more intentional with people, to go out of my way to really get to know them and talk to them and be investing in them, building friendships, but then also allowing myself to be more vulnerable because I tend to not want to share my stuff with people, like my, mm. my struggles and those kind of things. And so it's forcing me to get out of my shell. And then also just being a single woman, I mean, both of you know this, you know, it's really hard to ask for help. Um, you're, mm-hmm. Especially when you take care yeah. of yourself and you do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. And the community, especially our BFG, the way it is, how close-knit it's become, um, it's become a lot easier. But it, it has forced me to, when I need something, to not be afraid to, to ask for it, but then also being willing to jump in and help people when they need it so it's been good at just pushing me to get out of my little shell that I get into sometimes. Rose why do you think some churches lack community? When I think about why churches lack community I really 
think back to uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German pastor who was martyred by the Nazis during World War II. And he wrote a book called Life Together. It was about Christian community. And a couple of things that he focused on about what does it take to be able to have community is you've got to crucify your dream. Mm -hmm. That was a phrase he used. And crucifying your dream, the way he meant that was sometimes we walk into circumstances and communities and we think this is the way that I expect it to look like and this is the way I expect it to be. And we have an idealization of it that's beyond our mm -hmm. wildest dreams and be, and it's so perfect that nobody's going to live up to that. Mm -hmm. So if we walk into a situation, into let's say a church, if especially if you're listening and you're, you know, you're looking for a church, you're looking for a community in that church, if you have these expectations that are impossible to reach, for example, not everybody's going to be your best friend or not everybody is going to remember to yeah. talk to you every week. You know, you've got to, you've got to crucify that and you've mm -hmm. got to be the one to be willing to reach out to other people, even though you might be the quote unquote new kid on the block. Mm -hmm. The way you make community is by not only making friends, but being a friend. A lot of times churches lack that community because the people within that church have an ideal ideal of what they want and that ideal is not being met. And so they just say, I don't fit in. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares about me. I'm not connecting with anybody. Yeah. And we hear that a lot even in our church. Yeah, yes. That people that leave tell us, well, I just, I can't make any connections. The other thing is you want to make a commitment. So mm -hmm. if you're going to belong to a local church, you've got to be willing to make a commitment to be all in that church. If you're not willing to be all in, then you're, that's not going to become your community. It's just going to be a place where you go once a week to hear the word of God preach. But if you don't really make a commitment to be all in, then that's probably not going to become the community that you want it to be or even need it to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about what my schedule looks like and a, my schedule is pretty much outside of non-church, a few non-church things I do. I'm not a full-time employee, but I am working on a podcast mm. and writing a book and that kind of thing. Everything else that I do is typically surrounded by my church community, whether mm -hmm. that's going to church, whether that's spending time with my friends and family from that church. I mean, I look at my past week and... I mean, one night this week, Heather was here with Lindsay, which you all have met, and one of the newer members of our ladies' class, Fwa, and Fwa's trying to get to know as many people as she can, and so we decided to hang out. I think all of us could go around and talk about how, you know, our weeks are oftentimes consumed with things of the church because that's where our lives are committed. That's where we're plugged in to be a part of. I know Melanie just came mm -hmm. back from cooking food for a college <laughs> retreat. And I mean, you spent, what, weeks planning for that. Yeah. Shopping, you know, prepping. I'm, I'm not really sure what happened to the month of May. That's right. Actually, <laughs> like, preparing for that trip. I don't, I was thinking about that on the way over. I don't really know what I did in May. May was consumed. Other than that trip. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that takes commitment. I mean, you have to be willing to say, look, I'm all in. I'm all in in this. And if you're not willing to say I'm all in 
then I don't necessarily think you're gonna see the community. Mm-hmm. And I think churches that lack community typically have those two things at, at fault. First, just to reiterate, they have an ideal that's unreachable and they are looking at what other people can do for them, not what they can do for someone else. And secondly, they're not making a commitment to be involved. Well, I'll be involved the weeks I'm there, but a couple weeks of the month, I got to go to the lake. And a couple (laughs) weeks of the month, my kid is in basketball tournaments. And, you know, I know I'm probably stepping on people's toes, but the Lord created this community that is unlike any other but you got to be willing to make an investment mm-hmm. to, to make it happen. We, um, we've been telling the single women a lot lately, like, we are all part of one body. Like, in the mm-hmm. church, the church is a body, is the body of Christ, and every part is necessary. And if you are not fulfilling your role, you're not fulfilling your part, we need you. Like, mm-hmm. the church collectively needs you to participate. We need you to do the thing you're there to do. Because that's something that no one else is doing or can do because God has placed you with us for that reason. And so that's something we talk a lot about because I think with community, it's a commitment to participate. Mm-hmm. Like you can commit and be there every Sunday, but if you do not say hello to anyone, even mm-hmm. if you are introverted, yeah, and you're just going to sit in the corner and expect people mm-hmm. to come and talk to you the whole time, you're not going to feel connected. And it's something we talk a lot about with our singles mm-hmm. because it is easy as single people to isolate mm-hmm. and to not be in community. Right. Because then you can be as sinful as you want to be <laughs> and no one knows. Right. We haven't even touched on the accountability part yeah. of what community brings, but that's yeah, another does. Yeah. benefit from that. But I think too, I think sometimes in our society today, it takes so little to be involved in anything now and mm-hmm. you can you know you can be on social media and be somehow connected to people but you're not really connected with people and you know it, it is it's kind of a shame that we've become this community i saw this post today about if you were a kid of the 80s this is what your house looked like and you know there are vhs tapes and they're wood paneling and (laughs) different things (laughs) but one of the things they said you had a whole closet full of board games Mm -hmm. yeah like you know we that's we didn't have the entertainment of video games well we did somewhat in the 80s but they were pretty you know low level you didn't have the internet you didn't have those things so how did you how did you entertain yourself like you Mm -hmm. played monopoly with all your friends in the neighborhood and you'd set up the board on your porch and everybody would come play or whatever i just think that we're so easily distracted to be a part of something we don't really have to be a part of that our lack of commitment in in just life in general impacts I think community at at our churches well I think I think with social media and the ease of joining things it gives us a false sense of belonging Mm. and so if I join a group and this is going to show how uninvolved I am on social media. <laughs> if I join a Facebook group, I now belong with that group. Even mm-hmm. if I never talk to those people, yeah. it gives me the false sense of saying, I'm involved. This is, yeah. look at what I'm involved in. I have a list. <laughs> it yeah. shows when in reality I'm staying in my house, you know, mm-hmm. the other 40 hours a week I'm not at work. Yes. Um, in the dark by myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's easy to give a false sense of belonging. Absolutely. Without the commitment of it. So Melanie, most people would say if they listen to this podcast, most people would say that they lead busy lives. And a lot of times we use that as an excuse not to invest in their church community, not to be part of a church community. What are some practical things they can do to make community even though they have busy schedules? It looks very different for different people. I do not have children. I don't have a spouse. So like when my day is done at work, I have a 40-hour commitment to my job. And then beyond that, the rest of my week is like fair game-ish. <laughs> I mentioned that I am head of household for my mother and my sister. The three of us live together and have since my father died in 2015. Um, and so that that's a responsibility I've taken on. And I do feel obligated to be home with them a couple nights a week. It's something I'm intentional about. I My sister gets irritated because I'm the person that's going, no, we're sitting together and eating at the table tonight. Mm-hmm. Don't eat right now. Give me 20 minutes. We'll eat together. But most single people have the freedom to do what they want with their time. And I would ask you and I would challenge you if you feel like your schedule is too busy, you're too busy to be committed to your church community, to do a time study on your life. Mm -hmm. Take a week, track your time from Sunday morning at 6 a.m. until Saturday night at 10 p.m. And just keep a running schedule of like, what did you do with your time? And you will be surprised to find how much time you spend in, yeah, you waste time. Yeah. How much time were you on your phone in actuality? Yeah. Because, you know, I get that Sunday morning report every Sunday about the time worship <laughs> ends. It is. And I'm like, get yes. out of here, man. I don't need to know how long I was on my phone this week. Talk about conviction. Right? Yeah, we come out of our worship service on Sunday mornings about the time that Apple sends us all. Your weekly screen time was? Yes. Oh, yikes. So I think, I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing with your busy schedule you will always have to eat. Like, mm-hmm. there will always be opportunity for you to, to peg someone and go, I've got to eat tonight. And even if it's on the fly, <laughs> you're like, hey, I'm in between two things. I'm going to be at Chick-fil-A. You want to meet me at Chick-fil-A? We'll have dinner. I've got a half an hour. Let's do dinner and then move on. You can do that. Or you invite people into your busyness. I have attended sporting events with people who are too busy to have me in their home. <laughs> I have been in people's homes and done laundry with them. Mm-hmm. I have helped clean a house to set up for a four-year-old's birthday party. And those are that's time with people that we mm-hmm. only got because we multitasked that time. Right? And I, I've told um, our singles pastor and his wife recently, I'm not a quality time person. I'm a quantity time person. Mm. So I do not need to sit with you for three hours and talk in depth, but I will come to your house and hang around for five and like help with the household and be at dinner and play games with the kids and just just absorb into your life because I have that allowance for me. Their lives are less flexible because of their children. My best friend has a one-year-old, a soon-to-be one-year-old, and that's changed our friendship. Like, And you have to be cognizant of those changes as well. And you have to say, okay, you're part of my community. Your life has changed in a very big way. How does that change how we interact together? And how can I help you in this transition? And I think when we talk about being busy, we have to say, like, what are your priorities? Like, that's the question. Mm -hmm. And I think I went through a phase where my priority was I work hard. I deserve alone time. And that that was born out of my personal sin. Like, that was all about pride and um, 
laziness on my part, honestly. (laughs) I didn't want to invest. It's hard work to be out there and amongst people, guys. You know that. But yeah, so I think it it comes down to what is my priority and how am I spending my time? Well, I will say this. Melanie's also very good at just saying, hey, Colin, hey, can I come hang with you for a few hours? (laughs) (laughs) So Melanie lives a little bit outside of the county where Heather and I live. Uh And so one Sunday... And I've always told her because I'm kind of on the It's like a 15-minute drive from my house to yours. Yes. So it's not I'm bad. I'm kind of the last suburban, you know, land before she hits <laughs> country. So we, it was a Sunday afternoon, and she got out to lunch, and she called and said, Hey. And we were having a, a women's ministry leadership team, which she's on with me, meeting at my house. Obviously, we do a lot at my house because I can get into my house and out of my house easier, better than I can get to other people's. And Rose likes a party. And I love a party. <laughs> and so Melanie called and goes, hey, do you care if I hang with you so I don't have to go home until our, our to, you know, until our meeting? Absolutely, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Come on. So Melanie's very good at that, too, in finding ways. And we had a great time. Like, we spent very quality time, yeah. even though it also was quantity. <laughs> like, it was good to just be able to, like, sit and just catch up. And it, it was... It was really good. So Melanie's very good at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have time like that in between things, I call it landing places. Mm-hmm. So I have several homes that I land at fairly regularly. And I've actually got uh, Sweet Michelle has been like, come to my house if you need a spot. Well, listen, I was about to say, <laughs> Michelle is probably listening. And she has said, Melanie has not come to my house I know. Yet, so. I've, I have her and one other woman in the church who's been like, I need time with a friend like you. Yes. And I'm like, my schedule's pretty booked right yeah. now. <laughs> well, I'm only five minutes down the road, so you can come over to my house. You can add me on the rotation. I'll put you on the list. I mean, gotta... literally, Heather's like within two minutes of my house. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Heather, if someone was trying to make friends at their church or maybe they're at a new church, mm-hmm. what do you think? What are things they can do to help with that? What are some practical steps? Well, and I will talk as someone, as I mentioned, I'm introverted. I can be mm-hmm. shy. Um, so I understand how hard it is to be somewhere brand mm-hmm. new. And maybe you don't want to impose on people yes. and jump in. But the easiest thing to do is just jump in and get involved. Like the first, You look at the church schedule and you say, okay, they've got an event coming up this week. You know, there's something going on Friday night. Maybe they're having a, a thing. People come over. Maybe it's a, their fellowship after church on Sunday. Go to those things mm-hmm. and just start getting to know people. And maybe if you're not easily, if it's not easy for you to talk to strangers, <laughs> um, as some people, <laughs> get involved in things where you're more active. So, example, we have every year, we in July, we do um, a Love the Ville, Love the Ville as in Louisville. Um, we do uh, community projects around town. And I found that's a really good way, mm-hmm. if you're not very social, to really get to know people by working with them. And I got to know um, a man and his daughter. They're they're Asian, and they're um, he's over here as a seminary student. And so I got to meet him and his daughter as we were cleaning the nursery. And I don't think I would have been able to meet people. I, I you know went to seminary many 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 years ago, but I'm not really connected with the seminary community anymore. And so just getting to meet people from other walks of life and that that was just really cool so not every time I see Walter I said hey Walter and he's always saying hi to me and it's just really sweet but there's you know 
all those opportunities where you can just work alongside people and get to know them mm-hmm. that way. But then also, like we talked about our discipleship groups, so getting involved in a Bible study, maybe if you're a female, getting involved with other women, or if you're a man, find other men in the in the church that you can connect with. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to make those connections. Uh, maybe people aren't very social, or maybe people are busy. Look for people that are lonely. That's another thing to mm-hmm. do is look for people that may be looking like they're always by themselves and they're always sitting by themselves go sit with them don't be afraid to go up and and say hello introduce yourself maybe they've been at the church for 20 years and you've just never had an opportunity to meet Mm -hmm. them to say hey i've never never met you before this is you know i'm heather this is what what i do here and what do you do you know that kind of thing and you mentioned rose you know that it's important to be all in to be connected plugged in even mm-hmm. when you may feel like you've got all these other commitments outside of church you know, maybe you're going to take care of your kids sports on mm-hmm. the weekends or something like that but also remembering that there will be times where there's dry spells of maybe you don't know as many people or maybe you're just not able to connect to people as well there's been times where i feel like i've gone through the motions and maybe i'm not really relationally as connected with people as I would have liked to be, but I'm still there. I'm still committed and still giving back to the church. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people do make excuses and they're like, okay, I don't have any close mm-hmm. friends here right now, so I'm just going to leave. But maybe this is just a period of time where it's going to be like that. And maybe, you know, you start praying that the Lord will bring people into your life that you can really invest in people that can invest in you, but just you know, pray about that. Tell the Lord what you're you're needing. Um, he'll bring people along, and pray that He will open your eyes to people who mm-hmm. need you. Um, and so it's not all about you. It's about you know what can you do to serve the body. And maybe there's just this period of time where you're in a drought of sorts, but it's not going to be that way very long. And on that, Heather, when I first came to Louisville, all of my friends at church were all in seminary. We're all in school, and we're students. And I was working a job Mm -hmm. and I really ached for several years I ached for friends who are not students because when you have friends who are students their weekdays are like I have to go write this paper and I'm sitting in my apartment like I need people like I'm a social person I especially when I lived in the city wanted to do something every night because sitting inside of my apartment was always very dull and so I prayed for multiple years like Lord please send me a couple of friends who are strong believers and who have time and availability in the evenings. And the Lord provided that. And he provided that in a timely fashion. In the spring of 14, I met one of my best friends, Laura, who was, had just moved to Louisville and was at ninth and O and she was doing dishes for me post an event, which ties into something else you were talking about. Like, how do you want to know people stick around and do cleanup? Somebody will notice you and talk to you. (laughs) But we met post an event. She was washing my dishes for me. And we have been very close since. And Mm -hmm. the Lord sent women to me that I had been praying for like three years of like, I need a couple of girls who can't go out every night if we want. Or we can, we didn't even go out. We would go to one of their apartments and watch professional bull riding and have tacos every Friday night (laughs) for like six months. This is what we did. And that's how we built community. We had old lady Friday nights is what we called them. And so... (laughs) 
And I do think also, Heather, you mentioned about the about serving to get to know people. Mm-hmm. I think like my one of my coaches taught us in high school, like you come early, you stay late. And if you want to get to know people in a new setting, that's what you do. You show up early because if you show up at 9th and 0 early and you sit in the seats, somebody's going to walk through from the staff and say, good yeah. morning. Who are you? How are you? Yeah. Um, I show up half an hour early and I talk to like four or five staff just sitting in my seat. Like, oh, yeah. Good to yeah. see you. Um, and if you stay late, you're the person help putting the chairs away. You're gathering the trash. Then that's people are going to notice you and want to know who you are and what you're doing. And that's really, honestly, an easy way in. And you're also serving in a way that a lot of people aren't, in a way that needs to be done. And so it's good. Well, even if you serve in the nursery, I mean, if you're watching preschool, I mean, you're chasing children all morning. Maybe that's where you're gifted, Mm -hmm. but you're not really great with connecting with older adults. That that's an opportunity. You're meeting parents of these children and being able to invest in the children, but then getting into the parents. And maybe that can bring in some relationships there too that you didn't have before. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And you know, Heather, you were talking about how it's difficult as an introvert to reach out to people. So we recently started another type of a community within our church. It's a craft night community. Melanie's been, been there. It's so good. It's <laughs> very fun. I've been there. If you like crafts, even if you don't, we just solve problems for people who don't have a craft. But <laughs> <laughs> the girl that had like the passion for that and kind of the vision for that is extremely introverted. But she can basically craft the Dickens out of anything. Like she yeah. has pretty much done every craft known to man, I think. She's the most organized crafter I've ever seen in my life. Yes. And she homeschools all her kids. I mean, she just she runs like a household. But it's astounding. She had this vision and just a passion that she wanted women to have this opportunity to be together and mm-hmm, do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she shared it with us. We said, go for it. Us being the women's ministry team. And yeah. we said, go for it. And it's been going since March. And we have usually seven to eight people every mm-hmm. every time we do it twice a month. And it's just been great. So you may be an introvert, but maybe have a passion mm-hmm, for yeah. something that you wonder, does anyone else have a passion for this? And that might be a way, and she said, now I feel like I've found my tribe Yeah. because I'm around people who have similar likes as me. Well, and I think also for you introverts out there, like just putting yourself in the space with an extrovert gives people like me someone to talk to. Um, and so like, <laughs> like, just come on and be, be in the space. Like, that's all I need. I just need someone to talk at. Um, Otherwise, the extrovert just talk to the wall. Yes. No, seriously. Yes. <laughs> we just converted back to being in office full time post COVID. And I did not realize how much I talked to myself until I had to be back in like a cubicle in an open cubicle setting. And I'm like, man, these people think I'm just over here doing something. <laughs> it's fine. Well, I think this has been a great discussion, and, and I, we didn't really talk much about the accountability mm-hmm. end of it, but that is also very important, just to have people around you, mm-hmm. not only just to have friendships and connection, but then just people that can hold you accountable, who can encourage you mm-hmm. to help you along your walk. Rose, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever told, I think I've told you before, but I mean, I prayed for years that mm-hmm. I would have an older sister type person, mm-hmm. and then God brought you in my life, and so emotional <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's just great when the lord answers yeah. those prayers and you have the people around you who can 
walk through life with you and hold you accountable, but also have fun along the way and be the family you mm-hmm. need when you don't have your family close by. So, you know, if you do, it's just great to have other people in your life. Well, and, you know, we talked in the last, the first installment of this periodic series about truth. <laughs> and that's where truth and community meet is yeah. accountability. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, we take the truth of the word and we, we sharpen each other and... Yeah, I mean, I think you, you know, to have one without the other, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it shows that the church is lacking in that in that mm-hmm. way, because I think they both go hand in hand. I would agree, and I think that um, another part we didn't get to talk a lot about is, like, practical ways that you bear burdens, right? Because mm-hmm. I think yep. when we talk about the truth of what community is, Galatians, the Galatians mm-hmm. 6 passage you read, bearing each other's burdens, what does mm-hmm. that look like practically from a church standpoint. And I know Rose has talked a lot about her medical journey. Mm -hmm. And guys, let me tell you, the Lord is good and gives us the people that we need in the time that we need them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Rose has testimony upon testimony of that and examples of that, um, as do I. And I believe Heather would Mm -hmm. as well have similar settings. But, like, bearing each other's burdens is more than just being... I will pray for you mm. because you can say that to as many people as you want who have just miscarried for the third time in a row, mm. but that is not the practical help they mm. need in that moment. They That's need right. you to sit with their children while they're dealing with their medical emergency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there are things that there's so much to talk about. Community in 45 yes. minutes is not possible. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no. We could only hit the highlights. Yeah. But hopefully it will help you if you're listening, if you're looking you might be looking for a church or you might be in a church and you really don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to understand what is that, what does a healthy church look like with good community? And I feel like ninth and O in AOBC, we have our faults, but I feel like we get community pretty good, pretty mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And I would say if you are at a church or so the town that I live in right now is very small. Our churches are not all of them are very small, but my mom goes to a small church of like less than 20 people right now. Mm. And building community there looks looks different, yeah. but it's some of the same ideas. Mm. You know, yeah. it's, the, it's the same thing, just in different formatting. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a place where you feel like community is not being built, then maybe you're the person that has to take that first step. Absolutely. And that, you know, just to reiterate our one single thought, I mean, you said no man is an island. Nobody, we're not meant to be alone. Mm -hmm. So we may not all get married, but, you know, we're we're not meant to be by ourselves. And especially as Christians, we are not meant to do the Christian life by ourselves. And so we really need each other. And it's sometimes it does take you taking the initiative to meet people invest in people really commit to your church and let those relationships form but just pray that the lord will lead them Mm -hmm. lead people to you and he will do that yeah when i think the dietrich bonhoeffer thing that rose talked about earlier like Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to die to yourself to be a part of a community yeah um you have to set your pride aside and admit to people around you i need help Mm. you have to admit to them i'm in a bad place you have to admit to them i don't understand what's being taught right now Sometimes being part of a community means you look pretty stupid sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, that dying to pride is is key. Yeah. Yeah. Rose, what is our one random thought today? Well, so I think I'm going to call this our one singing thought because, you know, now that I'm singing all the time. (laughs) That means you got to sing every time. Well, I can't guarantee that I'll do that, but tonight (laughs) is my one singing thought. Okay. And that is... All creatures of our God and King, 
Okay, that, that is my singing thought tonight. So, we're talking about community. So, I thought we would talk about what you call communities of animals. Okay. So, so there are band of gorillas. There's uh-huh. a gaggle of geese, which I think we've probably heard yes. of that. Mm-hmm. Zebras are called zeals. Zeals of, zedra, of zebras. Uh, that feels like someone got lazy. I know. A little bit. <laughs> Who makes these up? I don't know. I will tell you, the next one, C.S. Lewis coined this one in Narnia, and it just stuck. Parliament of Owls. Oh. Now, this one will be interesting. You'll be interested in this one, Heather. Glaring of Cats. That sounds about right. Probably because yeah. they glare I a guess. little bit. They do glare. A Parade of Elephants. I love that one because elephants on parade. You mm-hmm. Know. A Leap of Leopards. Eh, uh, that one I could take your leave. And a tower of giraffes because they can grow an average of 18 feet tall. Do you know what a group of crows is called? No. A murder. Yeah. A murder of crows? Yes. Wow. That's scary. Yes. Probably because it's within their heart. For for our topic on community, I thought animals live in communities. They do. And, you know, we know school of fish. Mm-hmm. I've never yeah. heard of glaring of cats, though. That's yeah, glaring of cats. Look it up. It's, uh, it's. I did my research. It's out there. Huh. You found some good ones here. These are. I like it. I like it. I, I really like the band of gorillas and the parade of elephants. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite. So. Hmm. I think I like zeal of zebras, but that's because there's two Z's there. Yes. That's one of my favorite letters. Z. I like Z. Z is double Z. Like that's right. Z top. Hey. Hey, there we go. A little throwback. <laughs> All right, Heather, what is our Ricky thought tonight? The green grass grows all around, all around. The green grass grows all around. <laughs> Did you, were you going to sing that? I didn't want to sing okay, it. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> but now I wish that I had him, I had a, some kind of community related, but I don't. But anyway, I can't always connect Ricky to the topic. I try. No, you try, but it's, yeah. Well, so I got... And I'm in a new apartment. I decided I wanted to bring some greenery into my apartment. So I got a spider plant because they're relatively easy to take care of. Put it up on the shelf to keep it out of Ricky's reach. Of course, he's trying to go for it, as cats do. So I decided, you know, let me get something that he can enjoy himself, like a plant that he can have for himself. So they make cat grass. Mm -hmm. You can grow it in a little planter. I bought it on Amazon. Very easy. You just put the little seed seeds pod things into a box. You water it, and then in like four days, it sprouts grass. And so there's this little box of grass. Yes. Mm -hmm. I've never been able to grow anything in my life, and there I've grown grass (laughs) in my apartment. (laughs) Um, So I put the grass. A small lawn for the cat, if you will. I put it in (laughs) the sliding glass door, this this huge window, and I put it right there so it get the, the sun. And so it can grow, and Ricky can enjoy it and have his own plant. Has that cat done anything with that grass? No. Not a thing. Hardly ever. <laughs> he will go and stick his face in it every once in a while. <laughs> and then he will try to, he'll try to uh, nibble on it. But I don't know if it's because he doesn't have his bottom teeth anymore, but he can't, oh, pull, poor he Ricky. can't chew it. <laughs> I feel like that's part of the problem. I don't problem. know. I just feel really bad. But, yeah. he, I mean, he likes it. He'll go sit next to it. He'll sometimes, and then he will sometimes dig the dirt out of it, because the cat grass is basically it's wheat, wheat grass, and it um, it's really good for cats because it helps with their digestion and helps them get fiber and all that kind of thing. Well, he doesn't 
<laughs> eat it. Apparently, he'd rather just go for the potted plant on the shelf. But do you think you're going to have to trim this grass? <laughs> well, I did. It's getting tall. That's the other thing. It's getting like a foot tall. It's, oh wow! It's huge. And so I, I trimmed it today. This morning, I trimmed the grass and I put the the clippings into a little bowl and I set it next to that's like see if he would eat it. He's not touched it. Oh, man. he just kind of fishes it out of the bowl and sure. gets it all over the floor. Yeah. And but then rolls now, in it, but that's about didn't it. Didn't you say it's, like, nutritious for him? Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to have, like, fiber and vitamins and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but... Maybe he'll figure that out. Maybe. Maybe he just doesn't like to eat plants, so he just wants to mess with them. I don't know. He just know. wants to, yeah, bat them around. Wow. But I tried. Those spider plants are attractive. A, it was, yeah, it was worth it. It was worth the effort, but... I mean, I don't know if I would do it again, but... Anyway. Well, you tried. To That's try. fun that, that you have a lawn for Ricky. I do have. He has his own lawn. Yeah, he's very bougie. <laughs> he's a bougie cat. We've established that. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's something. <laughs> when you shared that his teeth fell out the other day, I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah. Oh well. <laughs> What's her one question today, Rose? So our one single question today is: Name a time when a church function led you to become friends with someone new. So, Heather, what you got for us? Well, a good friend of mine, Nikki, she I met her through a women's Bible study many, many years ago, and we're still pretty close friends. Um, I don't see her all the time. She's in a different BFG. But um, I think you know, she's one example of someone that I've met. I was trying to think of people that I met in just like a random like cleaning (laughs) and that you know cleaning the church or whatever Mm -hmm. we became good friends but I don't I can't think of a situation like that but there is a lady in our BFG um, named Kimberly who she's a little bit older she has grown children but she also works at the same place I do and so you know we connected over that but then we just have some other things in common and we just ended up going out to dinner one time and getting to know each other and talking about work and all that kind of thing. And then one day I went to Kohl's and I randomly ran into her cause she works at Kohl's mm-hmm. um, as a side job. And so, but she was just going there to go shopping. And so we ended up going this impromptu Kohl's shopping trip. But if you find ways to get to know people, then you realize more things mm-hmm. you have in common, but it's just been really cool to build a relationship with her. And there's been people like that coming and going and kimberly made you a gluten-free yes, birthday cake. she's also very good Ew. at um cooking gluten-free and she we had uh, every month in our class we celebrate birthdays at the mm-hmm. end of the month but kimberly from for my birthday month she made me a gluten-free cake and it was amazing it was i had so, a piece that was delicious i did a gluten-free cake in january for some birthdays nice. it was lemon it was nice it turned mm-hmm. out well yes yeah. you know how to make it it's pretty good mm-hmm yeah. Melanie, do you have anybody like that? Yeah. Um, I'd already mentioned meeting Laura, who's 13 years on. Or no, we are. We just celebrated Derby. We met at Derby in 2014 oh, at a Derby nice, party. Nice. I'm not bougie enough to afford actual Derby. <laughs> um, we met at a Derby party at the church in 2014. So this year, Derby was our ninth anniversary (laughs) Um, (laughs) next year's our decade (laughs) um but so then her because she literally i met her because she was washing dishes i had thrown a very special party we served on silver like Mm -hmm. silver platters and dishes that i had borrowed from someone and those all have to hand wash (laughs) and so they were hand washing all of my dishes from that event Um, So we met there. And then I think about like other things like the retreat that I just came back from. I expect to know a couple of those college students better as a a result of having spent the weekend serving 
alongside them and doing that. And then, of course, I know so many people at the church just mm. from being there for so long. Mm-hmm. And they're scattered, like you said, to the winds. Yeah. They're in BFGs, in different BFGs. They come to different service hours. So you see people and you're like, yes! Like my first <laughs> friend from Louisville yeah. that I met, um, not at a church function. Like when I see her, it's like we haven't had any time apart, but we have yeah. we had a meal together in the last eight years? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the derby party and then retreats. Anytime you go on a retreat, you always come back with a new friend, or at least I feel like you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Rose, how about you? So, of course, I have a story because I always do. <laughs> uh, back when I was probably in my late 30s, early 40s, I had been praying, much like I think, you know, we've, we both of you have shared yeah. about how you prayed for somebody. Mm-hmm. I was praying that God would bring a woman in my life who had been single for a long time before mm. she got married. I really felt like either friends that I had that were single were either getting married or they had they were my age or younger or they were married but yet they didn't re- they didn't really spend much time being single. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really just longed for that and so I began to pray for it and Pray for the pray that God would bring somebody to me. And so, uh, we used to have weekly visitation nights back in the day when you could go visiting houses. And yeah, wasn't quite as scary scary as it is now. <laughs> and so we had what was called grow visitation. So you served on either the G R O or W team, and each of those teams had a different week of the month. And you were you went out in teams to visit people who had visited the church just to follow up with them and see if they'd found a church or whatever well the the couple that we went to visit when we when we got there our team captain said okay look uh we don't go anywhere that i don't have everybody in the room share their testimony so you'd be prepared to sell your share your salvation testimony so in the short time we were at this house we got to know the story behind each this couple Hmm. and the woman hadn't married her husband until she was in her late 30s early 40s he was a widower and he was at seminary had just come they had just come to louisville and so i just felt a connection with her just right off and as we were leaving she said now look if we don't end up at ninth and O, stay in touch with me i'd love to get together well as the lord would have it they did come to ninth and O. her name is sharon robinson her husband is mark robinson and I kept seeing her everywhere. I would see her. She joined choir. I saw her in the choir. I, you know, well, she, I wasn't in the choir at the time, but she was in choir. I'd see her different places. And we had our women's conference that year, and she and I were in the same small group. And she just kept crossing my path. So much so that people would be like, Rose, how do you know her? I'm like, oh, well, I mean, she, I went on a grow visit to visit her. And, you know. Mm-hmm. So finally... I continued to pray, and it, it reminded me of the scripture where the people in Acts were praying for Peter to get out of jail. Mm. And then Peter <laughs> knocks on the door, and they go to the door, and somebody says, It's his ghost! It's his ghost! Exactly! <laughs> and and that's how it was with me. It's like, she just kept crossing my path, and I just kept praying, Lord, please send me a woman <laughs> who understands what it means to be single in your 30s and 40s. And finally, I was just like, okay, God, I get it. This is her. 
And so I contacted her and said, hey, would you, would you like to have coffee sometime? And so we met for coffee and it was wonderful. I got to meet her husband, you know, spend more time with her and her husband. And we just became wonderful friends. And they moved here to, to Nashville because she actually became the executive assistant to the president or one of the vice presidents at Lifeway when they moved probably, gosh, it's been over 10 years ago, 10 to 12 years ago. But we kept in touch. I would go visit them. We would we'd stay very closely in touch. And now, I don't really get to talk to him that often, but it's funny because we're both on Be Real, the social media app. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if y'all want to get to know what people are doing on a daily basis, that's the way to do it. I don't need people knowing what I'm doing on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I'm involved in their life again because I'm able to, you know, get connect that way but the lord really did provide in that season of life exactly who i needed and it was just it was what we talked about earlier i was just serving i was doing a grow visit and participating once a month in my church's outreach program Hmm. so yeah yeah nice well melanie thanks for joining us today thanks for having me with you yeah it's always good yeah we'll have to bring you back yeah come back anytime Anytime you want to come out here. I always like having a microphone. That's right. (laughs) Come in here and sit amongst Rose's house coats. Yeah. You're welcome to join us anytime. (laughs) All right, folks. We will be back in two weeks on June 20th. And until next time, don't follow your heart. Follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. Please be sure to share this episode with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners. 